Hello, this is Lyle Phillips, Senior Pastor at Iris Nashville, and I would like to personally thank you for downloading and listening to our podcast each week. To find out more information about Iris Nashville, you can find us online at irisnashville.com. Thanks, and God bless. Good evening, fam. I'm Christina Martinez, and I'm this handsome man's wife. And unfortunately, last time we came and ministered, I couldn't be here. Sad day, but I'm here today, and I'm so excited to be here. And um, as Shab was preparing for the message, and we went to a coffee shop this evening, um, Lyle shared, like, oh, I want you to introduce yourself, okay? Um, but as he's preparing, oops, stepping on you, um, I just, I started journaling. I'm a big journaler, and I, I was writing about something totally different. Um, I believe God kind of took over, and a prophetic word started coming out. And I was like, what's happening? This is not about what I'm writing about. It's off topic. But I wanted to share it because um, God reconfirmed it while we were in worship today. And uh, I'm going to first start sharing Galatians 4.19. It says, message version, do you know how I feel right now? And will feel until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives, like a mother in pain of childbirth. And as I was feeling this moment and he was doing his thing, I felt like I was seeing a birthing happening. And I felt like I was seeing it at the end of the year. And so I saw like, man, at the end of this year, just a complete birthing. I saw things coming out into existence. And so I picked up my phone and I don't really know anything about giving birth as I haven't had a child yet. And I said, what's a full term? What is a full term? And I looked online, I Googled it. Thank you for Google. And it says that 40 weeks is a full term. And I went in my phone and I said, God, when you said that at the end of this year, like, does this mean like we're on time? And I literally calculated from this Sunday, 40 weeks would be the last week of December. So God is so accurate on point that our, the people in this building, God will be impregnating with visions, with dreams, with purposes. And I'm even believing for a natural birthing and for babies to come. So as we believe for that, I'm just receive the word in the room this morning or this evening. And I bless this man and may his word, um, God's word, um, minister to your hearts and leave seeds. And that these seeds would truly impregnate the church with more vision. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Praise God. That's good. I need I need clarity. Does that mean we're birthing babies this year yes. too? I mean, I'm yes. just saying we're birthing things out. I, I, I got to ask, right? Um, ain't yes and amen. So whatever the Lord wants to do, shoot. Um, so I'm so glad to be back, guys. My name's Shav, and I'm excited. Um, you know, we love you guys. So I'm gonna totally feel at the liberty to treat you as family because I already carry you in my heart as family. A lot of you guys, um, I've gotten to meet, gotten to social media stock, um, those type of things. Uh, and I just want to say, Insta creeping has created a family for me. So I am an avid Insta creeper. So appreciate you guys being so beautiful in person and on Instagram. I appreciate that, um, and being just as warm as your statuses are, um, and just as you know beautiful as your captions are and your pictures and everything else. And I just been so in love with this church. I'm going to be completely honest. So in love with your church. It's easy to do so because I love your pastors so much. Uh, so it was just like you guys leapt right into my heart. 
And actually, we, we came last year around the same time. Um, I think we left the weekend right before Isaiah was born. And uh, so I, I remember I hit up Law and I said, hey, bro, like we're celebrating our friend anniversary this week. So I don't know if you got a dinner plan, but we should probably go to dinner. Uh, we, we should probably have a good time out. But, you know, it's like, this is our friend anniversary, but it's also like my friend anniversary with you guys. So happy friend anniversary. Uh, super excited to be with you guys. Then I came back six months later. In September, with a friend of mine, Chepe, who may have also commented on everything that you post. Um, if you don't, or absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you might also recognize him, and he he would love to be here too. Um, so much, in fact, that this coming September for the Go Conference, he's basically single-handedly rallied all of our city uh, to get here. So I am currently in a. Anybody been in a group chat where you wish you could ignore, but you can't? All right, well, I'm in one of those, and Chepe has about 15 or 16 people who are, like, flying up in September to be here. So, yay, Orlando, Nashville, kiss, love each other. Um, so it's going to be good. It's going to be exciting. I love it. And I feel like when I was praying, you know, last time that I left, Mama Lila tells me, you know why you felt like you had so much to share? Because you're a son here. And I said, wow. Thanks, Mom. Uh, I said, that's so good. What time's dinner? Um, so I just really feel like that was my heart. I went home with so much more in my heart to release. And I was like, God, please allow me the opportunity to release more. And there was so much. And, you know, we, we were at a coffee shop and uh, the well, I guess. Yeah, we were at the well. And it's funny because I was driving there and I was telling her, like, Siri's telling me where to go. I'm like, relax. Been here twice. I'm going to make this work. Totally got lost. But I loved it because I was like, this is fun. And I'm driving around Nashville and I have nowhere to go. But when we got there and I started to, you know, go over my notes and even just start to, you know, have certain things in my heart just kind of make sense, uh, I kind of look up and, you know, I see my wife with kind of one of those faces like, I'm like, what's going on? So I took my earphones. I was like, I want to weep right now. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because I feel like God wants to birth something, like God wants to start something tonight. And I was like, man, I, I, I believe it. I believe it. I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it tonight. Because this is one of the things I've really purposed in my heart is to grab a hold of the reality of right now. Like there's something to me that's super trippy about it because we never get it back. You know, once it's gone, it's gone. We'll remember it. We can look forward to it. But you're never really ready for like right, right now. You know what I mean? And I just was like, man, God, like I want to constantly live in an awareness of the right now moment. Like what is it that God is saying specifically to a people group, to a certain person in the room? And I think that it's the best part about being in relationship with God is that we get this intimate connection with him to say, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me tonight? In my season, what is it that you want to do? So as she started to share about giving birth, you know, immediately I was just like, all right. I was like, all right, all right, all right. I was like, okay. I'm like, all right, all right. And then she said, no, but spiritually as well. And I started thinking, it's like, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but just what I see on social media, you guys have a lot of babies, yep. like recent babies. There's a baby. You guys are beautiful, by the way. So I think I cried with Maddie when I saw the pictures go up. I was like, yeah. I was like this is so beautiful. I felt like I knew them. Um, we'll meet later. Um, so I just really, <laughs> I really felt like I was so happy. I was like, there's so many babies everywhere. And, you know, when you guys shared with us, we freaked out. And we like, oh, my God. Ah. You know, we screamed. And I just said, God, impregnate me with vision and dream tonight. Like, I want to give birth. <laughs> Sounds funny, but I just was like, God, I want to give birth to something. So 
I'm going to share this message with you guys because this is what I believe in my heart. I believe that Legacy Nashville is a house of dreamers. It's just what I believe. It's in my heart. I feel like it just kind of comes off of you guys. Um, you know, it just kind of exudes out of who you are. It's also the fact that your leadership are such visionaries and they, you know, really have this desire to dream. And I see you guys, I'm like, man, God, this is a house of dreamers. And I also got to talk to another friend of mine that Lyle made for me. Uh, and his name's Jason Peaks. He was here like two weeks ago. Did you guys love him? I love him bad. Like, he's awesome. Like, I really love him bad. Like, I was like, you know, Lyle tells me one day, hey, you really like my friend Jason. I'm like, sure. Like, let's meet. Let's love him too. And I love him so bad. So, Jason, when you listen to this in a couple of days, I love you bad, bro. Um, so, I just really felt like I listened to his message from a couple weeks ago, and I was a mess. Did it get messy for anyone else besides Lyle? Okay, cool. Because I knew it was really messy for him because he told me about it. I was like, man, Lord, like, I got really messy. And I started laughing because in my heart, when I knew that I was coming up, I said, God, I want to release a, a word on dreams because in my heart, I just feel like a bald bearded Peter Pan. Like in my heart, I'm just like, I'm a Neverland like native. I'm like, I feel like the bearded pan. So I was like, I, I always talk about dreams. You know, it's just something that's in me. It's just how I'm built. And I said, and also I'm from Orlando. So Disney World is just kind of, it's kind of in you, you know what I mean? It's, it's on my notebook, you know? It's like, it's just a part of who I am. You know, the mouse is just deep in my dad's work there for 25 plus years. It's just, I'm all about the magic. Um, so I was like, God, I want a word on dreams. Then I hear Lyle speaking on dreams. Then Jason comes and ruins my life about dreams where I thought I had it figured out. Then he comes and he's like, here's what God's really saying. And I was like, ah, oh, so good. But I just remember something that he said. And he said, you can't leave or have a legacy without family. Yeah. And he was talking about how the dream of God has always been about family. So I was like, man, this is so good. Because I even started thinking of my most intimate dreams, man, like the ones that I know that God has put in my heart. And they're always, always fixated around the idea that my father is leading worship and my mother is serving God. So I'm like, I know this is, this is his purpose. This is his good pleasure for me to do ministry with my family. Like that would be the ultimate dream, right? And I, I'm first generation born again, which was really just first generation crazy. Um, you know, I came from a background where I, I was living a lifestyle of addiction and, and drug abuse. And then when I fell in love with Jesus, it was like, is this a real thing? Like, is this actually happening? And then my heart was ransomed by this good news. And I just said, man, I don't know enough, but I do know this. I know what's happened in me. And I want to love him for the rest of my life. So I said, God, like, whatever you say, I'll do. So begin to give me dreams. And I want to dream with you. And I'm going to start off simply saying this. You're created to dream, y'all. In your very nature, the way that you're built. And I'll show you how. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, good, good part to start. Um, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was an evening and there was a morning. And this was the first day. I take it to a creation story. And like, that's a creation story, not a dreaming story. They're synonymous. Creating and dreaming, they should, this is a part of who you are. You got to understand that creativity is your language. You're built to do this because if you notice, for illustration purposes of today's message, God is confronted with an empty and dark void. 
Just say just he was created with something that didn't that wasn't there before. He was created with nothing. He dreams up a concept and an idea, and he says, I'm gonna create light. I'm going to separate the two together. And he continues to do this for six days and he begins to separate, you know, water from land. And you start things that never existed. God begins to bring into creation. See, because creating and creativity and being creative is who you're called to be. It's part of your spiritual DNA. It's not just this super progressive hipster message. No, you are created to create. Creativity is your language. Okay, this is the very nature of God. And the reason why I know is because later on in verse 27, he drops down and he says, so God began to create man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So in the very nature of God is the the capacity and the ability to dream, to create. And then in, in that same likeness, he makes you and I. So then as us, as Christians, as people who are, who are in, in, literally embedded into the very nature and family of God, you have the capacity to dream and to create. It's the reason why, while you're in class, your mind goes somewhere. It's the reason why when you see certain things that aren't the way that they should be, your heart begins to do that funky thing where it starts to, you know, wrestle and, and roll around. Or even when you go to a certain place, you're like, this could be done better. Or, and, and the reality is that most of the time with, with Christianity, it's like sometimes we go to church and we just feel like church could be done better. Right. You know, and I think that sometimes that we see that and, and the tendency is to slip back and say, church could be done better. I wish they would get it right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You see, but within you was given the ability to not only feel the frustration, but to take that frustration and turn it into a spiritual drive to say, I can be the solution. The thing that wasn't, the thing that didn't exist, the thing that wasn't formed yet. God, help me to dream up the solution for that. And that's why there's some of you guys in here burn with you know, certain desires, where, whether it's social justice, which I love, which I, I, I mean, there's something about it when you see it's like, that's not right. Things shouldn't be that way. That's the kingdom of heaven literally wanting to come forth and say, you carry the solution because you're a dreamer. You're a creator. You're built to do it. Creativity is in your bones. It's in your spiritual DNA. It's the way that you're built. It's the way that you're, you're supposed to, to approach life is to see these things, to think a little left of center. I mean, I mean, realistically, remember, magic guy, wonder, right? I'm like, hey, like sometimes I just look at God and say, really, God? Like, how did you know where to hang certain things in the sky. I mean, maybe it doesn't trip anyone else out, but it's like, how did you know that if the, if the earth hung just a little bit to the left or to the right, we would either be burned up completely or we'd be frozen over? Like, how did you know? Like sometimes, you know, I, I, I'm from Orlando, so it's just literally year-round sweat, okay? So it, there's not temperature, there's sweat. You measure the temperature and sweat, okay? Like they say, it's 90 degrees today. No, it's one gallon of sweat. And then you're like, all right, I got to dress accordingly. Um, so it's like, we go there and like, sometimes I'm like, wow, God, like that feels as if today you decided to push Orlando just a little bit closer to the sun. Like, I don't know, but it's hotter than it has to be anywhere else. And I always get like amazed by the creativity of our God. Or like, look at yourself. <laughs> look at the way that you're built. I mean, like one day, you know, my, 
my little cousin is, uh, is studying to be an optometrist. And one day she tells me, she's like, did you know that you have a dominant eye? I'm like, man, I knew I squinted funny. I said, I knew every time I took a picture, I was always like, hey, you know, I'm like, what is it? And she's like, no, I'm not talking about that. And she's like, you have a dominant eye. I'm like, yeah. So what's the other one doing? She's like, you actually really only focus with one eye. I said, so what's the other one doing? He's just lazy? Like, it doesn't do anything? And he's like, no. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but if you find a center point, you create a circle right in front of you. Like, if you guys put my head in between the circle of your hands, and you see, he's like, man, right there, I see you, Kara. Boom. So I see you here. But if I close my left eye, I still see you. I close my right eye, you're gone. Like, you vanish. And it's because this is actually my dominant eye. It's the one that I'm focusing with, and the other one... I don't know what the heck it does and needs to get a job, but I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what do you do for the rest of your life? Like, just sitting there. So she's like tripping me out. I'm like, God, you're so funny. You're so creative. Yeah. I'm like, what are eyelashes for? And they're like, what are eyebrows? And now I'm just like tripping out about myself. You know, I'm like, what does this do? You know, and I start to remember how so often, that's why I love kids. So they're so full of wonder. And I, that's why it's like, man, Jesus, like, don't deny them from coming to them. Let them come. But you see, because for them, it's so much easier. And for some reason, we've adopted this thing where it's okay for us to begin to say, stop dreaming like that. You need to grow up. Get your head out of the sky. You know, and I know, like, sometimes I believe it. I know that parents, they mean well. They're probably saying, hey, I don't want to see them get hurt. I'm not thinking that it's malicious, that they're just going around popping balloons, although maybe fun. Um, it's just like, I don't think they're going around trying to pop balloons or burst bubbles. I just think that there's something in them that at some point they were confronted with this reality. They were like, man, my dreams didn't work out. And you get hurt. So it's easier to settle than to dream. You see, because, again, because in your very nature, you have the capacity to dream and to such a great extent. I think that sometimes some of us say, that's just a little too much for me. I'd rather just deal with what I know I can understand. And I really feel that God has birthed in my heart this burning passion as just like as a minister. I feel like my whole life message is to go around and just be the pan. You know, go around and remind people, hey, let's go to Neverland because it's better. Because it's more fun. The food tastes better. Everyone's enjoying themselves. I'm like, it's just, it's better to be in that place of wonder. So just really lose yourself to this place where God is just like, man, like to, to take God at the word and at his word, to take God at what it is that he created us to be. It's like sometimes even in our own Christianity, we get so smart and we're like these deep sheeps and all of a sudden we're like, yeah, I've received revelation about this. I'm like, hold on. Like, let, let God be right and every man be a liar, okay? Like, I'm not trying to, like, I don't want to be too smart for my own good. You don't want to be too smart that you're a little dumb, you know? Sorry, I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe that's just me back home. Like there's parts of me that's like, you so smart, you dumb. Like, because you really get to a place where it's the truth. You get in your own way and then you sit there and you're experiencing life and you're pursuing, you're looking through the lens, you know, of this really like, uh, this place where you're like so jaded and bitter and like, yeah, I used to think that way, but... You and all your negativity, like you need to go, okay? Because I'm trying to dream here and you're killing my vibe, all right? So take you and your negativity and go on somewhere, all right? So I'm like, I don't understand what it is, but this is what I do know. That the scriptures tell us in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says, Afterward, 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show the wonders in heaven and on earth. The good news is that you qualify. Young, old, man, woman. Yes, I'm in. Okay, so not saying that this is this house, but I always like to, you know, just suggest uh, men, women are dreamers too. Okay, so that doesn't really fit into our plan, honey. Relax, slow down and get out of the way of what God's saying to your wife, to your spouse, whatever. Okay, just saying message. Um, Because then what I've noticed is that what God tells her is normally what he's been trying to tell me for a really long time. And she'll say it, and I'll be like, that's good, baby, that's good. And then I'll come back and be like, man, the Lord shared with me such deep revelations. Like, I've been telling you that for at least a year. I said, well, we're stubborn and we're weaker, I'm just saying. Uh, and so I'm like, I needed to hear it. And I just feel like that there's this thing that we need to know that this is the hour for that very thing. Yeah for people to really be in a place where they're saying, God, what do you want to do on earth? Because the scripture tells us that God looks to and fro every single day in whom he can do mighty exploits. I'm like, are you serious? Like every single day, God, like every single day. So I've just grown up to get to this place where I wake up and just like, God, I got boogers in my eyes, a little crusty, but if you're looking... Here I go. (laughs) Like, here I am. I'm like, what do you want to do today? Like, let's walk hand in hand together. Let's go together. Let me help me to dream with you. Let's play today. Let's do something fun. Let's do something that's never been done before. Like, when's the last time you made eyeballs out of mud and spit? You want to do that today? When's the last time somebody was walking on water? Let's just do that. Like, let's just really ruin somebody's theology and just start seeing people get healed. You know what I mean? And that's really where I'm at. I'm just like, God, if you, you know, sometimes, and sometimes the more church you're around, the more, like, the more skeptical you become. So you're there and you're like, yeah, but is there unrepented sin in their heart? That's pro-. I'm like, I was thinking about that story with Spence. I was like, man, like, you get to this place where you're just so smart that you sound silly. Isn't it his good pleasure to see his children complete and whole? Isn't it his good pleasure to come in to restore broken things, to heal sick people, to see us be restorers of broken cities and rather? I'm like, isn't this the gospel? Like, I don't know. I'm not a Bible scholar, guys. (laughs) I just take it for what it is and say, man, God, that sounds really good. Let's do that. Like, what, what is your heart on this? What is it that you are saying to a people? And I believe that it's the hour for us to dream, to recognize that we qualify, to be like this man. And, you know, I've, I've been, like, really digging deep into the life of Nehemiah. And the reason why I love Nehemiah is because he's a cupbearer. I mean, it's, it's a job of favor because you're literally the person who eats and drinks the food before the king to make sure he doesn't die and that you do. So I get it. Like, you have to trust that guy because can you imagine if he was the one who decided to poison or what if he decided to, you know, like, act like he ate it and you sling it over his shoulder? I'm like, no, that's good. Like, it's all right. So it's a place that, that is definitely, you know, a trusted position or role. But then if we really think about it, his job is just to eat and drink. Like, 
Really? You're like, that's your job, and I love it. And I love it because I'm like, God, you will use the guy to taste the food. Doesn't even get to eat the meal. Just gets to taste it. You'll use that guy to accomplish what it is that you desire to do in the earth. And so when I look at Nehemiah, it says in chapter 1, verse 1, it says that in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was at the citadel of Susa, Hanani and one of the brothers came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that has survived the exile and about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in province and in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken and its gates have been burned with fire. Verse four, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the Lord. And then I said, and then he begins to pray in verse five. The reason why I bring this up is he's literally on the job. He's on the job and people are coming back and they're bringing a report. And I don't know what he was doing. Maybe, maybe he was just waiting around to have something to taste. I don't know what you do as a cupbearer for the other eight hours of your day. I just know he's milking the clock. I don't know. I know that he's there. And as somebody passes by, I'm like, hey, have you heard anything about Jerusalem? Like, what's the news? What's going on? And they come back and say, man, didn't you hear? The whole city's burnt down. And he's like, wait, what? And his heart is broken and he begins to weep and to mourn for days. So when I heard Jason speaking the other day, I was just like, man, what have I wept over? Like, what has it, what, what's it been lately that has gripped me to such a way that I'm like, man, I just weep. And to do so for days. So I'm just thinking of this man, like sometimes we have to want to identify this when it comes to our dreams, is that frustration, hurt, weeping over these things, that could be the very thing that God uses to catapult you into your dream. Because check this out, as he begins to weep and to wrestle, as he begins to fast before the Lord, and as he starts to remind God, God, wasn't it your good pleasure? Isn't this what you said? I should have charged my battery. Um, Isn't this what you wanted to do? Isn't this what you say that you're gonna do? And all these things, he starts to remind God about what God already said he would accomplish. And check out how he finishes his prayer. We'd all say amen. And he says, I was a cupbearer for the king. Like, why is this important? Like, why is it important for you to again tell us what your job is? Like, I, why not amen? Why not anything else? No, I was a cupbearer before the king. So we pick up in Nehemiah chapter two, and it says, now in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad if you're not ill? This can be nothing else but the sadness of heart. I don't know if you've ever been so sad that somebody's like, you look sick. You look sickly. The other thing that's important to note that it says that in the month of Nisan, why is this important? Not because they're a fan of the the automobile company, but because of this. If you look at Kislev, which was the first chapter of Nehemiah and and Nisan, there's four to five months on the Jewish calendar that passes between this time. What that shows me is that for four to five months, the thing that God had gripped his heart with was still gripping his heart. And I asked God, I said, God, I want a dream, the type of dream that I can't even function correctly for four or five months because something isn't the way that it should be. And it's, it's like, man, he goes to work and he's doing his thing and he's saying, man, it's just not the way that it should be. 
So it's affecting the way that he lives. It's affecting the way that he works. And so, I, and the king notices. He's like, you've never, been, you've never been sad in front of me. What's wrong? Check this out. Verse number, it's still verse two on the, on the tail end of this. It said, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever, but why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. I, I mean, I wrote it down and this is my heart. It's like, when you look at this, he says, I was very much afraid. When it comes to your dreams, it isn't the absence of fear that makes you brave. It's the decision to say, I'm gonna do it afraid, but I'm still going to do it. Because so many of us get into this place where like we're dreaming and we're dreaming with God and we say, God, I want to do it. And then we get scared. Yeah, because chances are if you're dreaming with him, it sounds scary. Yep, yep. What it is that you want to do, you want to affect a city. You want to love people yeah. and then change the world. You want to do something that's never been done before. You want to touch a people group that people are ignoring and forgetting about. You know that God wants to love justly in the earth. And you're saying, God. I want to do this. Give me language to see it come to pass. I'm telling you, it isn't the absence of fear. It's going to be your decision to say, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. It might make me look foolish. Somebody might call me a certain name. Somebody's going to tell me that I'm crazy, but I'm just crazy enough to believe he wants to do it. Yeah. So he begins to share with the king, like, why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't you be troubled, y'all? When you hear the statistics, when you read the statistics, why wouldn't you be troubled? When you see the life path that some of your friends and family have chosen, why wouldn't you be troubled? But are you willing to make the decision to say, although I'm afraid, I'm gonna share what it is that's on my heart. So the king begins to say, well, what is it that you want? He says, so then I prayed to God in heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen, the queen sitting beside him asks, well, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. This is what trips me out. In verse seven, I also said to him, if it pleases, there goes my computer. Uh, so, sorry, I probably should have charged that. Uh, I'll get it right here. Um, so, it's cool, right? It's allowed. So I start to see this and he begins to give him information in verse seven, where he actually begins to like detail, tell him, I got to send a letter to this guy in the Euphrates because he has this deal on wood, right? And so I got to start to do, this just tells me that for those four or five months, it wasn't enough for him to say, I really want to do this, but he began to plan how he would do it. Your dream is worth your investment. Your dream is worth finding language for that thing to say, hey, I really want to do this. How are you going to do that? Good question. Glad you asked. I'm going to write to this guy who has a killer deal on the trees that I would need to rebuild this city. Not only that, I heard that one of the homies is in this tribe, in this place. He wants to build the city up too. So now I'm going to join community to see the work done. And here's another point that I noticed. Good dreams typically Will, will elevate you in your life. And that's good. It's good news. But God's type of dreams affects people groups and affects an entire community. It really is that place of saying, you really probably won't do it alone. That's a great dream. You're gonna need some help. 
You're gonna need to know that there's people around you who are bought into the same thing, that are finding the same language that you are, who recognizes the same importance that you do, that this is what needs to happen. And I love it because I start to think of my own dreams. I'm like, I really wanna do this. And I start to think, okay, well, how are you gonna do that? And I had to, I had to bat down my own thoughts where I'm just like, oh, that's probably not possible. That's, not, that's improbable. Who, how do you, who do you even know that can make that happen? I'm just like, but wait. Yep. Like slow down and remind yourself of who it is that you're dreaming with. Okay, because once you start to recognize that the God of heaven, the one who created all the things that we see, the one that was so intentional with his creation, the one that said, you too will be made in this same likeness, can he accomplish it? So I'm saying, God, like if my dream's worth the investment, if this is what you wanna do, then I wanna see it come to pass. I I wanna begin to, to plan certain things out. I don't know who this is for in the room, but I can tell you this. I feel like a lot of us have our heart, like sometimes we don't even know what the dream is in detail, but we see certain things and you're like, oh, like that, that could be it. Like I would love to do something like that. One of the things that I've gotten in the habit of doing that if my heart leaps at something, I just start asking questions. I just get, I mean, me and my wife for the last couple of months, I don't think we walk into a store, to a business, to a church without being like, how did you start this? <laughs> and most of the time they're like, what? And I'm like, no, I mean, this is your business. Is the owner here? Is everything all right? Yeah, everything's great. This was good. I just want to know how'd you do it? I'm like, what in you decided I've had enough and I'm going to do the thing that I know I was always created to do? You see, because I want to know more about the people who do that because then I can just say, I'm going to do the same. (laughs) Because sometimes this is what I've known. Inspired people inspire people. Bravery is never about a person. Bravery, the guy who runs out in front, sure, that took bravery. But it's the next guy who says, because of that guy's bravery, I'll go. That's what, those are the results. That's That's what bravery should give birth to. You see, because the one person running out, man, that was a brave moment. But when somebody else is inspired and captures what that was and says, whoa, look at Lyle, what is he thinking? And then you see Allie running out behind him, like, these two are going to die. <laughs> like, like, what are they doing? But I'm sure there's people in this room that, I, I mean, I'm like that. If certain people I love and care for, if they start to go out, like, so where are we going? Like, what, are y'all going to go without me? Like, can I come? Is there room? Are we hanging out or what? Like, I want to go. I want to be a part of what's happening. And it's because that's what bravery should do. So good. Bravery shouldn't leave one guy saying, did y'all see what I did? Yep. That's arrogance. Yep. That's, so yeah. good, man. that's conceit. That's pride. That's anti-kingdom. Wow. You see, but if the, if the bravery produces someone else in the room where he turns around, and he says, guys, don't you see that we could take the land? Don't you see that we can do it? And this is one of my favorite, you know, things in the Bible is that we see David go out and slay Goliath and it's awesome. And I can't wait to watch the highlight tape. And I'm like, man, this is so good. But what the scriptures also tell us about David's mighty men, that some of these men were so inspired by Goliath being slain that they went out and slayed Goliath's family in line. And I'm like, what? Did y'all see what David did? We can do this too. And they went out looking for giants. When Goliath showed up, nobody wanted to do it. But because of one person's moment of bravery, an entire people group were said, wow, I'm inspired. I think we could do it too. And they did. 
And this is the nature of God when you dream with him, that God literally will take you from a place where it's like, hey, that's a good dream. Let's give you a God dream. You know, I think, you know, even as, as Lyle and Jason have kind of spoken, touched on when they talk about, you know, uh, Joseph being this dreamer. And you start to see, like, what his dreams got him, which was in a pit and prison and broken and rejected and all these other things. I'm like, wow. And it reminded me of what, you know, Pastor uh, Stephen Furtick says all the time. He says, you can't throw shade on something that isn't shiny. What I'm saying is that sometimes when you dream so big and you shine so bright, shade can only be given to something that's shiny. And let me break down shade for some of you guys. Like, what does shade mean? Shade, I mean, say hate. When somebody's hating on your plan, when somebody's like, that's not going to happen. When it seems like you can't impress nobody because like, that'll never happen. You, are you kidding me? So you can't, sh- you can't throw shade on something that isn't shiny. So go out and shine. That's why when Michael's singing about shine, shine on it, I'm like, yes. Please make me shiny. It's a little easier for me because I'm bald, just saying. I can just buff it out a little bit. Bing, like what's probably happening right now as that sweat starts to hit. But, you know, I just feel like, man, this is really what, what, what the desire of God is not so that you would shrink, but so that you would be brave enough to be put on display and to shine. And some place, and Forgive me, I'll say it like this, and I'll say it as graciously as I know how to. Listen, false humility is not humility. It's in the title. It's false, y'all. Like, it's not tricking anyone. False humility is false by nature and definition. So sometimes we as Christians, we're like, oh, you, you know, God really wants to do this. Oh, man, who, me? No, not me. Surely not I. Oh, whatever the Lord wants, man. You know, or, you know, and I'm not, t- I'm not telling you to walk around, you know, with your collars popped or, you know, to be in this place where now it's just like, bro, can you come down for a second so I can talk to you? Because you are really on a high pedestal right now. No, what I'm saying is, is that false humility, the fact is that even Paul himself says, I boast not in myself, but only what Christ has done through me. So we think that we get into this place when we start to give God glory. We're like, I don't want people to know because I don't want them to be offended. What? Why? Tell me so that I can be inspired. Because if he'll do it in you, guess what? He doesn't love you more than he loves me because he's not a respecter of person. So he's going to do the same thing in me. Or I can start to say, man, like I want that for my life. Like this is what I want to see accomplished. And so many of us are not sharing that thing. And that's why in Proverbs uh, 29, 18, it says it in the, in the Passion Translation this way. It says that it, where there is no clear prophetic vision, and that word vision is synonymous for the Hebrew word dream. So if it says where there is no clear prophetic dream, people will wander astray. Wow. Literally, where people cannot see you walking in your dream, people won't know where to go. Because they won't know what God could do. They won't know the reality that he wants to do it in their life as well. So the scripture says that when you live in the revelation of the word or when you live in the, in, the, in the clarity of what it is that God has put in your heart to dream, it brings your soul heaven's bliss. Wow. Listen, y'all, this is what I want. <laughs> That's just, that just sounds good to me. Like, hey, hold on a second. So when I accomplish the dream that God has put into my heart, it brings to my soul heaven's bliss. I want, to, I want some dreams to be fulfilled in my life. I say, God, what is it that you want to do? Because this is the place that I want to live my life. So I continually go into my heart. I'm thinking, man, God, what is it that you say about dreams? And I know, I get it. Sometimes we see in part and we're like, oh, this is a dream. It has to be. And then we do it and we're like, 
whoa, was that really it? Because it didn't really come through, you know? And we get so hurt and jaded and we're like, something's wrong with me. I can't dream with God. And I just felt like the need to remind you that God is so mindful of you and he's so gracious. Like it, it blows my mind, like how good and faithful he really is. So when you think that you've missed it, guys, be okay with process. Be okay with recognizing that in your, in your process, things feel different. You know, Lyle and I were speaking, and I feel bad because I'm here all week, so he's probably going to get tired of talking to me. But we, we were talking, man. We were just talking, and it was getting good. And he starts talking about trajectory, which is awesome because, you know, I pastor a youth group called Native Society, and our, our like, logo is, a, is an arrow. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And as he's kind of sharing, can I just remind you something about process and trajectory? If you take an arrow, take a bow and arrow, you're going to actually pull back. And you kind of have to, you know, to really get the trajectory right, you might have to lean a little bit. And you have to actually, the further you pull back, the further that arrow goes, right? You remember that? Sometimes in life it feels like you're going backwards. But if you yield to that pulling back and you're like, God, why are we going backwards? I thought I dealt with this. I thought we were going to come. But the further back that he pulls you, it's only making sure that that trajectory is precise. And in my heart, I'm like, God, I want to be with the precision of heaven where you don't miss a bullseye because I know. So I'm just like, pull me back. <laughs> and I'm like, man, like if it hurts. It's frustrating. It's kind of, no one likes to do it. But I'm like, God, if this gets me to the place that you have marked for me to hit, then instead of fighting or resisting that thing, because anybody would tell, any archer, Katniss herself will tell you that if you don't, if you fight against that pool, the reality is that you're going to miss. And now Peter's dead. Okay, like, you're not, sorry, Hunger Games, anybody? All right, cool. Um, So I just feel like if you don't, like if you fight against that, and the same thing that this year the Lord put in my heart, that I was really looking at this year and I was like, man, it's leap year. You know, so I'm like, all right, so it's leap year. Why is this year different? Dude, you get an extra day this year. Awesome. Um, so we started doing all these things and I started to think, man, like in my heart, I don't always see visions. And when I do, they almost never make sense. I'm like, oh, rhinoceros. Um, like, no, no, no. Like, God, what are, you, what are you saying? You know, oh, that's so cool. Why is he dancing? Um, but I just, there's different things that happen in my heart. And this year, God gave me a vision and I saw somebody hopping. And I was like, what are, what are they doing? They started to hop. Then I saw the same person bouncing. And I don't know, maybe you're like hop, bounce. That sounds like the same thing. Where I come from, you know, a bounce is just a little weightier. It's just, it's just a little bit, you know, it's a bounce. Like you don't, you don't bounce like, hey, I'm bouncing. No, bounce, it's weighted at the bottom, right? Okay, just saying. Uh, so then I saw somebody jumping. And you're like, dude, that's the same thing. And then I saw somebody leaping. And the reason why I bring it up is because I thought about hopping and the way, that way that your uh, CrossFit quota gets hit. Um, if you've ever had to like hop, <laughs> just saying. If you ever had to hop, like I dare you, put a timer on and try to hop like bunnies. Like you're like, this is so easy. Hop for two minutes straight. Don't stop. Tell me if your calves don't rebel against your body and just give out. Or tell me that you might not catch a Charlie horse or you roll an ankle or something. And what God was showing me is that when we hop, sometimes you can get really tired doing a very small thing. 
And I said, God, I don't, want, I don't want it to be a hoppy year where I'm just exhausting myself, chipping away at something small. When I thought about bounce, what I really thought about was actually not just, you know, the weightiness of the bounce, but I started to think about sports. And when you bounce a ball, you're being driven down in order to bounce back. And I said, but God has no desire to crush me. God has no desire to hurt me. So I'm not going to be driven down and, you know, like pushed down into the ground. So I said, clearly you don't want me to bounce this year. Jumping, while some of us, like you see Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic, if you watch the slam dunk contest, if you don't, just pretend you care. Um, so he jumped, right? He, ju- he did one dunk in his dunk contest where he clear, like he jumped over the dude and passed the ball or the mascot. He passed the ball between both legs and kind of did this weird chair thing in midair. At the height of his jump, it was seven foot two inches, meaning that he would have bronze medaled at the Olympics in 2004 just off of that jump. Okay, so it's just this crazy jump. And it's, it was phenomenal to watch. But the thing about jumping is that no matter how high you jump, you always come back down. So you will ascend for a moment and you're like, oh my God, look at it up here. This is awesome. Like, and you're like, wow. You're going to have to, you have to come down, y'all. Gravity, okay? You have to come down. But when you look at leaping, by the very nature of a leap, it measures distance. So the idea is that as you leap, no matter how far, and some of us might leap further than the next person. And I listen, I don't know if you know, but I'm not exactly a leaper. I've passed the age of leaping, okay? I'm like, no, but you see the thing, the very nature of a leap is that even if it's a small one, I'm not there anymore. So I said, God, I want to leap out into the dreams that you've put in my heart this year. Because at the end of the day, no matter what, I'm going to be further than what I started when I decided to leap. So I said, get put in me the desire to leap out, to jump, to trust you at your word, to be filled with heaven's bliss. Because I'm satisfying the desire that you've put in me to dream with you. You know, and I'm going to start closing up with this scripture in Genesis 15 that I know Lyle touched on, which was awesome. I don't know if he did it here or somewhere else, but I remember Genesis 15, just that first part in verse five. Yeah, verse five. So we see Abram. I get excited about this. This is my favorite. Uh, So you see Abram has a dream. He wants a son. I want a kid. (laughs) God, I want a son. This is the dream of my heart to have a son. And he doesn't see it come to pass and he, it hasn't happened yet. And he begins to wrestle with the Lord. He's like, man, Lord, he's reminding me, like, you are my shield and my great reward. You're, you're the one who put this dream in me in the first place. And now there's a servant in my house who's going to be the heir to my inheritance because I don't have a son. And the cultural reference here is that it's not just that he won't have a son that he desired, but he's going to be looked down on by the entire people. And he's going to be looked down on because he doesn't have an heir. Like, think about how it sounds like he's in this place where he's really wrestling with the Lord. He's like, this is what I've wanted. Why would you give me this desire if you're not going to accomplish it? And as he starts to wrestle, I just felt, you know, the Lord came to him and and he tells him that this isn't what's going to happen, but you're going to have a son who's your own flesh and blood and he's going to be your heir. So then in verse five, he says, he took him outside. He said, look up and count the stars. And every time I think of that, you know, it's been in my heart. It's been something that's really just been pressed down in my heart. And I'm like, wow, like, Lord, like, this is awesome. I don't look up at the stars enough, you know? I'm like, this would be, like, can you imagine? Hey, go outside. What do you need me to look up at the stars? Come on. 
Like, I thought there was going to be like Oprah out there were like, there's a brand new car. And they like, no, like, I'm just out here and you said, look up at the stars. They're there every night, God. <laughs> like, like, why would I got to look up tonight? I'm like, they're there every single night. I know they're there. He says, go up and count them if you can. And let's just say, because obviously pollution isn't what it is today. Maybe it's just the right time of the month. It's just that, that perfect night where it's so clear that Abram is just like, you know what? I'll do it. One, two, and he has the most scientific system of counting you've ever imagined. And let's just say he gets super, super high where he's just like, oh, 144,600. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he just, sorry. Um, so you just see him start to count and he gets there and then he's like, oh, I missed one. I don't know. Or I just started to think, I was like, I can just Google. Sorry, Abram, you couldn't. Uh, so I was like, I'm just gonna Google how many stars are in the sky. So I started to Google just like a good Christian does. Uh, and I started to Google stuff and like, you know, cite it as a source in a paper or something like Google. Um, so I was like, I Googled it. And the funny thing was, as I started to look around, it's most agreed upon that there's between 200 and 400 billion stars in the sky. I'm like, 200 to 400 billion? I'm like, listen, I'm... I wasn't a great math student, <laughs> played a lot of football, a lot of contact sports. Like I was like, how many zeros is that? I'm like, hold on, 200 to 400 billion stars in the sky. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. But then the funny thing was, is it's like right underneath the statistic, there's that little asterisk. So I'm like, what does this mean? And then it says that that's in this galaxy. I'm like, next question. Well, then how many galaxies are there? Google. So I'm like, all right, Google, how many galaxies are out there? And then that number, once you start putting numbers and letters together, you, I'm gone. I was like, yeah, it's a lot or a little. Like, I don't know which one it is, but I'm like, help me out. I'm like, there's wise or letters in math. I'm like, no, no, that doesn't spell anything. I don't know what that means. Um, so I start to see that when you ask, when you actually look to see how many galaxies there are, nobody can agree on a number. So I'm thinking of the significance of what Abram or what God is telling Abram when he says, go outside and count the stars. And even more than that, will your, will your offspring be? I'm like, hold on. Here's Abram dreaming a good dream. And God says, that's good, Abram, but more. You're seeing one thing and I'm seeing billions on billions of stars and so I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, God, what, what, what are you doing? Like, that's how many. And then I start to think, I'm like, man, so we're, we're kind of literally the manifestation of Abram's dream. Yeah. And I'm like, and for year upon year, forever and ever, we're going to recognize that to him will be attributed this thing. I'm like, what? Dreaming with God, his purpose has always been family. So when he goes out there and he says, man, Abram, go out there and count the stars. I'm just like, God, you're crazy. 400 billion stars in this galaxy times that weird number. That's how much. So this is the thing. I don't know how many of you guys have ever played this game uh, catchphrase. Anybody? Yeah. yeah, because it's the sacrament of the modern day church. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it is, but it feels like it is. Like if you're a Christian, you're playing catchphrase at some point in your life. You're like, what is this thing? It's like hot potato and taboo together, right? And it's explosive. And I always describe it to people. If that thing blows up on you, you literally die. Um, I'm like, don't let it go. Don't let it blow up on you because we'll all shame you publicly. Like shame, shame. <laughs> you know, maybe just the people I play with, sorry. Um, but I just remember playing this game catchphrase. And sometimes the easiest thing for a new 
player to do is that you have a word and you can't say the word. And I don't care who tells you you can. You can't use gestures or point to things. That's cheating. Uh, so you have to describe that word without saying the word. But then it's also ticking and it makes you go crazy because it's like tick, tick. And then if it starts to speed up, you're just like, I quit. I don't even care. Like, I don't even care. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, <laughs> like, what do you even want me to do with this right now? She's quit before. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you get to this place where you're like, yep, been there. Um, and it's just, it, it's so like stressful. It's so stressful to play this game. So I always tell somebody, I'm like, be, it's going to be okay. Allie's not going to like hit you in the head. Like, you know, you'll be fine. But break it down a little bit. Like if you use opposites, you know, like, hey, the opposite of down, up. Okay, and start to break down the word that way. So if I did that, like sometimes you play in circles and they're like opposite of horse. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, dude, obviously it was goat. I'm like, really? Because the opposite is horse is goat. I'm like, what does that even mean? But you just start, they're like opposite of this and, and you know, opposite of that. And you're like, I got it. We're there. And I just feel like if we were to play and I said, what's the opposite of outer space? Hey, that sounds good, right? Like, let's just use the rule of opposite and say inner space. So this is just what I've begun to do. I said, okay, God, if in outer space, there's limitless stars in the sky to remind Abram of his dream, then in inner space, there should be infinite or limitless dreaming in my heart about the thing that you've put there. So I said, man, God, 200 to 400 billion stars out there. Why not in here unlock a limitless capacity to dream with you? To say here in this inner space, I'm anchored and weighted at the bottom to say, God, this is what you want to do. This is what you will accomplish. This is what the thing that I've dreamt with you. And that's why it's important to have God dreams and not good dreams. Because the good dream was a son. The God dream was an entire people group. So for you, the thing that you're burning with, that's a good dream. But tap into that limitless power, that limitless capacity to dream with him, the wonder of heaven that fills you with heaven's bliss to say, God, do it in me. I want to see it happen. And that's really where I've been with my own dream. I'm saying, God, I don't think I've dreamt with you. I think that I've filled in the blanks. I think that I've said, hey, that's, that, that's good, God. I got it from here. And sometimes we're so driven that we forget to be led. It's like drive, drive, drive. I got to strive. Man, the scripture says cease from striving. I said, why? Like, God, wouldn't I get more done? And, and that's why I was so blessed by y'all's message last week. Because we're in a generation where it's about grinding and grinding and going and going. And it's like, wait. Are you so driven that you're no longer led? Because the scripture tells us that the sons of God are led by the spirit. That the earth is eagerly groaning with eager expectation, the revealing of the sons of God. And if the sons of God are the ones that are led by the spirit, we have to slow down and say, God, lead me again. I want to dream with you, but lead me in my dream. So with our community, what I issued as a challenge, I said, man, we look at our dreams sometimes and it's so big and good for you. Like, man, make it even bigger. Go even bigger because you're with this limitless God. And sometimes we see how big it is and we're like, too big. I know this is years down the road, but one day I desire. I know that it's not gonna happen right now, but... 
And I just really feel like I issued this challenge where I said, if we look at creation, what God was able to do in six days, maybe if we gave ourselves a six day dream project, we could kind of break that down. So you say, man, God, this is the dream. Or maybe for the next six days, you say, I don't know what the dream is. I want to dream with him. We'll spend the next six days purposely going after, give me language for that thing that you've given in my heart. Maybe you say, I already have the dream. I know what it is. Okay, so what's next? Maybe you don't have a name for that business. Spend the next six days investing in that, that name. Maybe you don't have a website. Maybe you don't have, you know, you don't even know how it's done. Maybe in the next six days, you need to sit somebody down who is doing it and say, can I just talk to you about this thing? Maybe you've never shared with anyone your whole life what it is that you're passionate about. And you're saying, man, maybe in the next six days, the dream project is just getting vocal about it. You see, because we even noticed through creation that when God did it, not only did he create, but when he created us in his image, he had to blow and breathe life into. He had to speak existence into the thing. So too is your dream. If you're not speaking it into existence, if you're not releasing breath on that thing that's in your heart, it won't come to life. So I issued a challenge to our community. I said, hey, for the next six days, dream with God. Take a six-day dream project. And again, the very nature of a leap is to say, in six days, I'm not there. Even if it's tiny, you're not in the same place. So then I said, well, let's just grow our momentum. And after that was those six days, let's do six weeks. So we'll take the next six weeks and we'll dream with God. I said, all right, so we went six days, six weeks, and I said, you know what? Let's take six months after that. And that'll get us towards the end of the year. And in this case, for, you know, and confirming the word that my wife gave is like, man, you're going full term with that dream. And you're saying, man, I'm making a, a decision to say that, hey, for the next six days, I'm dreaming with God. And I've seen my wife do it because my wife is not a journaler. She doesn't write often, but for the whole month of February, I could not get her away from this journal. And she said, I just know God asked me to dream with him. And as she began to write front and back, left, and like the whole book began to be filled. She's saying, I never would have seen the full picture unless I decided to stop striving and just be led. Guys, I want to tell you that your dream is worth investing in. The scriptures are so clear to me that the earth is so in need of the thing that only you can give birth to. It's crazy. I said, God, I mean, really? And I think that, and you know, that's why I would even encourage, man, dream even bigger because the thing that's in you, the thing that's in this house, when I come here and I feel my belly just leap and I feel my heart just begin to race, it's because I can only see in part years down the road of what this house becomes, what this community accomplishes. And it's not because I'm so in love with your pastors, which I am, but it's because of the mantle and, and just the, the mandate that's on this house as a community to go out and to dream. That I'm like, man, I wanna go to Nashville just so that I could be inspired by these people. Because if you would grab a hold, I'm telling you, you know, we think of movements, we think of these huge corporate works, they all started with at least one person. There was every movement we see has always been at least one person crazy enough to go, that could happen. That's gonna happen. I won't be moved until it happens. So in the, and so what would happen if corporately, as a, as a community, you guys just kept reminding each other, 
Is that thing happening yet? Where are we at with this? Where is it? You see, because that doesn't, that won't create competition or comparison. It, it, hopefully that creates celebration when I start to see, oh, wow, like go for it. Go, go. And I, that's why I'm so in love with what you guys are doing. And I, man, as I wrestled in prayer for you guys, it really just came down to God. Untap that place of dreaming for them. Like take them outside and make them look up because when it happened to me, I'm outside with my dog and I'm just out one night and I just felt like the Lord said, look up. I was like, Because for whatever reason, that day was the clearest night I've ever seen in my life. And I just began to weep and weep because I was like, God, if this is what you want to do, help me get out of my own way. Like, help me move out of my own way. Am I really gonna yield to fear when this is the thing that you wanna do? Where it is your desire more so than mine to touch those people. Like it's your desire, like the forgotten, the, the cast aside, the ones that don't fit in, the unqualified, the unlikely, these are the ones that you wanna touch. And I said, man, ultimately it's your desire to call them home. And here I am going, yeah, I don't know if that's possible. It just doesn't make sense. I, again, I'm, not, I'm no mathematician and I'm no Bible scholar, but what I know that it doesn't make sense to be at war with a God who is limitless. Why put a cap on a God that says, I can do that and more, be led. So I'm like, God, give us the capacity to dream again. So as we close, if it's all right, I'm just gonna pray. Most of the time, like in my heart, like I can't always communicate as well as what I feel God wants me to pray out. So don't be weirded out by it, but I just feel like I need to pray. And I just feel like that, I just really felt like God wanted to release something into the room that you can, it's tangible, that you can just kind of cling on to. So I'm gonna do that. If you wanna stand to your feet, my brother's playing. It's good to, to be in the house. And I just wanna pray and release just this, this grace for dreaming, a grace to dream like you've never dreamt before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. God, Daddy. Papa, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would come, oh God. Help us to tap into this place of prayer, Lord, to this place of dreaming with you, Father. Father, release the grace to grab a hold of all that you desire to do. Father, come in a moment and restore, oh God, every jaded heart, every broken dream. Come, oh God, and be a restorer of those things. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that this room will be filled with those who are just crazy enough to believe that this is your desire. This is what you want to do in the earth today, God. Father, release, release, oh God, a grace to dream with you. Release, oh God, this, this capacity to remove the limits, to not be limited, oh God, by experience, by hurt, by reality, but Father, to say, what is it that you want to do? Father, come and breathe again on that thing that burns within our hearts. Oh God, because we recognize that it's you who wants to do it. Father, who, 
Who is more passionate about this dream than you? Who else, oh God? So Father, I pray that you would help us to recognize this in our own lives, that it isn't our striving, it isn't our grinding, it isn't our favor or our anointing, God, but it is your good pleasure to see it accomplished in the earth. Father, for our dreams shouldn't and can't be about us. It has to be about family. It has to be about reconciling people back onto you. Father, for we recognize even your good pleasure and purpose in accomplishing them. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus, this house would never lack a zeal and a fervor for dreaming, God. Father, may they never lack, oh God, the audacity to dream with you. Father, I pray that you would release bravery and courage into the hearts of people in this room, God, that at the sound of my voice, even now, dreams come alive. Father, that even at the sound of my voice, that that people would take it seriously. They say, for the next six days, God, speak to me. Touch me, give me direction. Speak in detail, God. Father, and I just pray in the name of Jesus for the pastors of this house, Father, even as they shepherd, even as they dream, even as they, as they lean into you for the dream of this house. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would, you would just stretch out their, their tent posts right now in the name of Jesus. More than even that. More than even those dreams that you've only whispered to one another. More than even those dreams that you've wrestled with. Father, and I thank you that from the head down in this house, God, that people would grab a hold of this, that it be their very mark in this city, God. There they go. There go the ones that were brave enough to dream with you. There go the ones who were brave enough to think that it was their business, it was their organization, it was their church, it was their song that they wrote, their picture that they painted. It was that thing that they wrote, God. There go the ones who had the audacity to to trust you at your word and to say that exceedingly and abundantly above all that you've ever hoped or imagined, that God, that you would do it in them, God. Let it be said of these, O God, that greater works, may they not just speak of greater works and preach of greater works and read of greater works, but may they do the greater works, God. May they advance the kingdom with the greater works. And Papa, I just speak against every negative word that's been spoken against their dream. Hmm. Father, for every family member that's laughed, every friend that's abandoned, Father, I thank you that in this community, they will find the celebration they so desire to say that you are valuable. That thing is important. That has to happen. We're gonna be better because of it. We're gonna be better because you're doing it. I can't wait to see you doing it. I can't wait to to benefit from it. I can't wait, oh God, to celebrate you. For while heaven's bliss fills your life, will it flow and overflow and run over into this house? You are so valuable and so necessary. And may you never lose sight 
that the goal isn't having the dream accomplished, but the goal is to be with him. That the best part of your relationship with the Lord isn't what he does, but it's the fact that you're in relationship with the Lord. So God, as you become the focus and the intent, just the, the focal point of our hearts, God, we know that from this place, the abundance will flow. So Father, I just released a season for legacy right now in the name of Jesus for tangible encounters with the love of God. Father, I pray for a new thing. I pray, oh God, that people in this room will begin to be gripped and shaken in the midnight hour, God, like they never have. Father, thank you for the laborers that are being sent into this house. Thank you for opening up the storehouse of heaven and releasing provision into the homes, Lord. For favor with men, favor with city officials, favors with one another, God. Father, I pray that even as they begin to give language to their dreams and as they begin to share with one another, they would go, oh my God, you too. We should partner together. We should labor towards the same thing. We should give ourselves completely to this because he wants to do it. Father, do it in this house. Do it in this community. Jesus. Just to continue in Shav's prayer, I just want to say yes and amen and affirm the release of what was declared tonight over your heart and over your soul and over your spirit and over your mind to dream and to dream bigger. How many of you guys know that God is not intimidated by your request for more? Like you have, if, like leave here tonight, take in Shah's word and receive permission to dream for more, all right? <laughs> receive permission to dream bigger. And uh, I know I speak for all of us tonight that we receive his word. And we know it's a word from the Lord, amen? Amen. So what we're gonna do now is that I wanna invite the ministry team to come up. Um, they're gonna come up and I'm gonna have them just kind of stand on this the first step so that they can be identified, all right? So if you're part of the ministry team, just wanna invite you to come up. If you would like to receive prayer, to dream and to dream bigger, just come up and receive prayer right now. If it's something that has nothing to do with dreams, if you need to be healed in your body, you need a miracle in your body, uh, you want somebody to partner with you and pray about something, come up and receive prayer, all right? We're here to pray for you. Lastly, Wednesday at 6.30, I really, really hope that all of you guys will consider coming out and being a part of that and uh, serving with us in this next season. Cannot wait. So as we close, let's just give Shab and Christina one more big round of applause, appreciation. Thank you guys so much for that word, dude. Thank you so much, we receive it. If you're married, go home and apply that word have a baby in nine months from now. God bless you guys big. I uh, love you so much. We're just so stoked uh, to be a part of your world. So love you. You're dismissed. We'll see you on Wednesday, guys. Thanks for subscribing to the Iris Nashville podcast. We'd love to hear back from you. If you don't mind, log into the iTunes store and leave us a rating and a review. 
The more ratings and reviews we get, the more accessible our podcast is to new listeners. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. God bless.